0: Welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. This is the second Spotlight episode we've got for you today. And today we are focusing on presence detection in home automation. And with me today is Rohan. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So today we're going to break down presence detection. And we thought we would do a little bit of mix and match. We're going to talk about how Rohan and I have personally used presence detection in our homes, and also some other options that you can use to do presence detection. First of all, we'll start off with what actually is presence detection. Maybe you're just starting out with home assistant and home automation in general, and you're hearing people talking about presence detection. So presence detection is a way for your home to know when you are home. A
1: lot of times this becomes important because now you want to figure out, you know, What can I do based on whether I'm home or not?
0: Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily have to be when someone's home. It could be who is home as well. Perhaps you want to have the thermostat at a particular level when you're home. And then when everyone else is home, it needs to be at a different level to make it so there's less arguments in the house. (laughs) I mean, hopefully that not, but yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly. Right. And then, and a lot of times it's also, okay, you know what? One person's home. You know what? Maybe I never go into one part of the house, right? and great, let me let me you know, maybe turn off some lights there or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.' Just turn off the office if no one that's gonna be in the office is home exactly
1: exactly, exactly. so there there's a lot of advantages to it and uh, and a lot of people have interesting interesting use cases behind it, too. I also know people that use presence detection to say, Hey, you weren't home, and now all of a sudden it's switched to home, so let me open up the garage door. And then, because now that means you're coming home, and uh, so on and so forth. So, exactly. So, there's some really cool things you can do based on the house knowing whether you're home or not.
0: Now, just because there's a lot of talk about presence detection and a lot of cool things you can do with presence detection, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy or necessarily accurate to do. There's a whole bunch of types of presence detection that you can do with varying pros and cons and success rates that you can have. Some you can get you can get really basic presence detection and most of it is based on a smartphone, which we'll delve into in a minute. And then there's other types as well, other sensors and devices that you can either stick on you, carry with you or use to detect who's at home.
1: A lot of times when when you're doing this as well, the big uh, one of the big problems is you know, what do I choose? How far do I go with this? Where where do I draw the line? Either A, how much is too much or B, you know, what what's usable for me, right? So in terms of how much information am I providing the system? And then how can I, what, what do I really need to make an intelligent decision to try and do what I want to do, right? Because... One of the things is you can go so overboard with this and, you know, and and some people have a use case for that and that's great. And some people, hey, I I just need the house to know is Rohan home or is Rohan not home, right? And, And that's it.
0: It also, if you go too far down this path, you can get to a point where you have so much automated and relying on that presence detection that you really need to decide what happens when things don't go right. For example, if you decide to hook up a siren and create your own little... Home security system. If you're out a bit longer at the office, maybe you've had a few phone calls that you wouldn't normally necessarily take and your phone battery has died on the way home and you get home, if your phone is dead and your house can't see your phone on, you may end up setting off your alarm system and waking up a few neighbors because your battery's dead. Yeah.
1: And, and for a lot of people, that's, that, that's actually a pretty decent reality as opposed to not so one of the other things also is you can start going into hey am i again presence can also mean am i home what room am i in or am i in a specific spot so we start seeing a lot of these smart beds and smart sensors in beds rather say hey am i in the bed or am i not in the bed or something like that right so exactly yeah I think a couple of people we've had on the show actually in the past are talking about how they trigger different sleep automations or like, hey, good night automations or something like that to say, okay, you know what? Say I'm in my bed and maybe my partner's in my bed, then great. Based on this, let's make an intelligent decision of everybody's in bed and therefore turn off all the lights or,
0: or, or, or whatever, right? Exactly. So there's a lot you can do with presence. And maybe sometimes you want to go to that level. You don't want to go to that level. My tip would be to always have a manual override somehow. Yeah. That's what I've learned the hard way, uh, just in case. So first of all, let's start breaking down the types of presence detection. And I think what everyone's going to find, if you, especially if you're first starting out with Home Assistant, one of the cool features Home Assistant has is the map. It's on the homepage of Home Assistant. You can track where people are on a map, and Home Assistant can use that to decide how the house is to act. This is generally done with your smartphone, so either an iOS or Android device, and it uses the GPS chip in your phone to detect where it is in the world. Yeah. There's a few apps that you can use for this. There is OwnTracks, which is a very popular one. It's It keeps your data in an MQTT broker or mosquito broker. We've talked about that on a few episodes previously. And then uses that to push to Home Assistant to know where you are based on the GPS coordinates. There's also a couple of other uh, paid and free apps depending on the brand of phone you have. And you can also integrate now with the iCloud component and Google Maps. So you don't necessarily have to install anything extra on your phone to detect where you are.
1: Yeah, and 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 there's pros and cons to to all of these, right? So one of the things I would say is figure out how these technologies actually work, and then you know you you learn that hey, one might work well, one might not for you. Just from from a personal experience perspective, the iCloud one. So I, I have an iPhone, so one of the way one of the things I realized is the way the iCloud works is it basically goes in, scrubs the It basically goes and logs into the iCloud system for you and then says, hey, I like the where's my iPhone feature and says, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And and basically pulls that every one minute, five minute. I, I I believe you can set the interval there. And what I realized is that is draining my battery super quickly.
0: Right. So it actually records. So the Apple servers will actually physically dial that to your phone to detect where you are.
1: Correct. Yeah. So right. again, for me personally, so I was using that for a couple of weeks and then I was just like, man, why is my phone always dying all of a sudden? Turns out it's just because I was doing it too frequently too, right? So, so there's, there's, especially with these kind of apps, there, there's also a balance of how often is too often and then is that often enough for what you're trying to
0: do? Yeah, and I guess that's where a lot of all the other technologies as well that we'll discuss in a minute come into it because if your phone's scanning every five minutes, for example, it may take up to five minutes for your home to realize that you're actually at home. Mm -hmm. So you could be walking around your house for five minutes and the lights won't turn on because your home assistant or your home automation system doesn't know your home until it's waited that five minutes to find out where you are.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, going back to the garage door use case I used earlier, let's say you're trying to come in to your, park your car in the garage and you've pulled up to your driveway and it's just then that you broke your geofence well guess what you're waiting five more minutes until you can actually pull your car inside the garage unless you obviously unless you press a button or whatever and
0: go in then that defeats the purpose of having an awesome smart home right
1: right right and and then at that point is it easier to push a button or do i want to code all these things and you know bring the automation into home assistant or 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 So, uh, again, there's there's that fine line that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. Like I said, how often is too often and then how often is minimum, <laughs> right? So, you got kind of got to figure yeah. out those bounds.
0: One unique thing I found with GPS. So, when I first started with Home Assistant, that was the first thing I went to. You know, it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about, oh, you got to get GPS. It's awesome. And it, admittedly, it looked really cool on the map. I could see where both my wife and I were on the map and it, it worked out well. But then it sort of got to a point where you would explain you know how cool is this to your to my friends and it sort of got a bit creepy with uh so you can track where you both are at anywhere in the world at any time like do you really want to go to that level and i mean fair enough to to us that's fine we're, we're comfortable you know we trust both each other but looking outside yeah. in it can it can look a bit you know controlling and yeah so some people made that aren't necessarily into home automation and understand how the technology works it can definitely be used for evil as well and a lot of people will look at it as an evil thing as opposed to a feature
1: no for sure and and i mean this is something where everybody everybody you track you probably should have a conversation with them to say
0: yes absolutely
1: by the way the house knows when you're home or not and i can i can also see that information to see where you are yeah now i know there are there are a lot of couples that have a lot of like the couples apps and stuff like that. That's like, you know, like private chat and like shopping lists and where are you? Right. So there's that. So I I mean, I don't see it being a huge problem, but it is, it is something you do want to, uh, there, there are certain points of privacy there as well. And, and again, a lot of systems like own tracks and such, they are hosted somewhere. Right. Um, Actually, I'm not sure sure about own tracks, but iCloud for sure is hosted with Apple. 98% of the people probably realize that their phone is logging GPS data and stuff and, and or can be passing it back. But, you know, now there's also the, okay, well, does Apple know where I am all the time as opposed to when I click, Hey, where's my iPhone? Right. But, but Apple, the, the, the phones also do check in back home. Yeah, exactly. Again, if you're, if you're very privacy minded and you decide that you're not okay with that and which is completely acceptable. And and at that point, then you kind of have to figure out, okay, is is using a phone right for me?
0: Now, if you do decide that you want that GPS tracking in your home assistant, one of the most battery efficient components would be Google Maps. Uh, Google Maps, at least for Android, will automatically update your location, uh, assuming that you've opted into Google location services, which you most likely have. And when you use the Google Maps component with Home Assistant, unlike the iCloud component, it won't actually ping your phone for your location. It will just ask the Google servers to where you last were detected. Yeah,
1: which which is a great, great method.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's also own tracks which publishes to the MQTT broker. You will need to adjust settings a little bit on iOS devices, but once again, it can drain the battery, so watch out for that one.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's actually been one personally that I I, I haven't played with, but I, I've kind of wanted to look at just as I as I move my stuff, trying to move my stuff off of uh, my current. Zigbee, Z-Wave network, right, and especially on my phone to say, okay, you know what, can I can I eliminate some apps and then replace them with a couple of other apps, or do I have it pretty efficient now? So,
0: Ardentrex has a feature you can use to uh, they use iBeacons, so you can set up a, an iBeacon, which is ah. a little, uh, I believe it's Bluetooth, but it is an, it's an iBeacon, so it could use some Apple proprietary protocol. And that will you could leave that in your home, and when your uh, iPhone gets home and it sees that beacon in your home, OwnTracks can use that beacon to say, okay, I know I'm at home, shut down the GPS while I can see this beacon, I'm just going to tell OwnTracks that I'm at home. So there's another option. Yeah. So if you're using OwnTracks and an iPhone, I believe it might also be available for Android. It's been a a while since I've used OwnTracks, but... There is that option as well. If you're finding your battery level on OwnTrax is getting a little bit hammered, check out iBeacons and see if you can use one of those. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I guess on on Android it wouldn't use specifically iBeacons, but it'd use you know some other BLE.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: One of the ones one of the ones I use as well. So in place of OwnTrax or iCloud and such. So when I started home automation, I actually started with SmartThings, and uh, the app actually has a pretty decent geofencing system based on gps location and at least from what i've found it's it's you know maybe well it is obviously taking a hit on your battery it's just how much of a hit is it taking and to me there's no visible usage right and and when i even when i check my battery app and all this stuff on my iphone it's it's not even listed on there so to me, it works pretty well, and and the nice thing is I don't have to one of the well and one of the side effects of using your phone as a GPS is you don't have to change the batteries out and stuff. I mean, assuming you you normally charge your phone anyways. I know I do. I, I need it for work and such, so it's pretty decent. So I was yeah, so I was actually very very impressed at how how efficient that would be because at first I was kind of skeptical, going oh man, it's going to drain all my battery and such. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah,
1: so but you know what it uh, it tells the app, hey, where are you, blah blah blah, and then based on that, it passes that information off to uh, Home Assistant with uh, so it it actually does my geofencing and says I, I have my address put in there and, and based on that, it says, yep, are you home? Are you not home? And then based on that, it'll basically for me right now how I have it is it runs across MQTT and and passes that information to Home Assistant to say hey yes rohan is home
0: so for the smart things you would have a smart things hub at home i assume
1: yeah so i do have a smart things hub at home i don't think it requires that hub though to do the whole gps tracking bit right just because again it's it that is between the app and the cloud uh or but that's between the phone and the and the cloud and uh and then but yeah i I do i do have that information i do have a hub and i and from what I understand, it's processed via the hub, right? So the hub does a bit of processing, but I, I don't think it's actually necessarily reliant on it. Uh-huh. At least in my home, it's basically the hub is just a radio.
0: Right. And would you then have your... So you're obviously using a third-party library that does the smart things to MQTT, does that use the hub or does that use the smart things API from the cloud?
1: Yeah, so it it actually leverages the API in the cloud. So it's it's the Smarter Smart Things plugin. Um, just search Smarter Smart Things Home Assistant on, on Google and it should be the first link. So a while ago they, they had a blog post about this and so on and so forth. So so it uses a combination of both, but I, I believe it is primarily just based on the API in the cloud. And uh, what it does is it takes that and dumps it down to the uh, dumps it down to your local MQTT. So for me, I have them running in a couple of Docker containers. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's basically my MQTT broker. And then there's my there's another uh, container that basically says, OK, cloud API, talk to MQTT broker. Right. And then and then and then on there, you basically select. Hey, I wanna I wanna follow these components into MQTT, and here's my topic, and go, and and it's it's super super straightforward. It was I, I will admit it, it's straightforward once you start using it. Setting it up did take a couple attempts. Uh, I mean, it might have just been one of those days where I was just you know super tired and, <laughs> and, and burned out and trying, but. I don't know, but it it did take me a couple of, a uh, couple of uh, attempts, but just, you know, browsing through the forums and such, it, you know, there, I, I was the only person that struggled with it, but, but once you get it set up, it's basically don't touch it. Right. Um, I, I say that as my system is kind of ish broken as I moved MQTT servers, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, un- until you're doing something like that, it's, it's perfectly fine get it set up once and then don't touch it so
0: so in your home if you're using smart things as uh on your phone how long would it take on average for home assistant to detect that you've arrived home would it be instant have you ever noticed a delay
1: um
0: there's a bit of a delay
1: um not a ton though um i want to say it's uh I want to say it's like probably about a minute maybe. Okay. At at, at its worst, right? And and at, at least as far as I've noticed it. And then that's the thing, right? Because I, I don't know when the poll interval is and I don't know when uh like I don't know when the app pulls and sends it up. I'm I'm sure it's documented somewhere. I just I haven't looked. But at least from what I've noticed, it's more or less pretty pretty instant. But I but I do I do have uh other techniques that I'm using as well, right? So I'm not only monitoring uh, my phone. And, and, and I was for a while, mostly because I was, I ordered batteries and it turns out it wasn't on prime and it was, it was a horrible time, um, uh, oh, for, for one of my, for one of my physical fobs. And so I, I basically turned it off because my house always was like, Nope, he's not home. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and again, this is one of the downsides, right? So, but no, it, it works, it works, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty well i mean i i don't think i've had to wait more than a couple of minutes ever uh and and maybe i've just gotten lucky and i just never hit that point where you know it it take maybe it is a five minute and i came in at the you know one That's and a half minute you know, mark every minute. time or yeah. something yeah yeah so uh i mean but it hasn't it hasn't degraded my experience any let's put it that way okay Right. So, um, but but you mentioned you used to use uh, you used to use own tracks. Uh, What's what's your method now?
0: I found the the GPS on the phone to be a bit too slow. Plus, I have, uh, as I mentioned, my wife has a an iPhone, and it's a bit you know difficult to. It was draining her battery like crazy using the intervals for all that. So now uh, we just use uh, Wi Fi on our phones. So I have an Asus router. Mm-hmm. And if you go onto the Home Assistant components page, there are, and look under presence detection, there are a whole bunch of brands of routers or uh, modems, but your wife, basically your, your Wi-Fi access points, whatever your country likes to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what Home Assistant does is it logs in to my Asus router and detects what devices are connected to the Wi-Fi at that time. So... Uh, when I get home, my phone always has its Wi-Fi on. And as soon as it joins the network within, to be honest, I park my car out on the street and my phone can connect to the Wi-Fi before I even get inside, I can see lights turning on inside. So, yeah. uh, yeah, pretty much instant.
1: Oh, that's cool. So, so let me ask you this then. Mm. Have you, have you ever tested to see, Hey, how far is too far? Like. From, from a range perspective. So obviously your your wireless, especially at 2.4, kind of radiates out far enough. Uh, yeah. Do you find that it's too far or do you find that you don't really
0: care? Well, I, I guess that comes down to the type of home you have. So uh, I'm now in a, a, a house. Uh, previously, I was in a apartment block. And if I was – I could actually in, – in, when I was in the apartment – I would be able to, I was on the third level, for example, and on the ground, my Wi-Fi would still connect. So before I could actually see, look up three levels and see uh, my lights turning on because it thought I was home when, you know, I could have been at a neighbor's house, you know, or uh, just checking the mail and driving past. So yeah, I think it really depends on the size of home you have. And this is what it comes down to, right? Everyone's home's different. So Wi Fi works for me. I'm probably the Wi Fi gets a bit patchy out on the street where my car is, so it's probably at the right distance for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bluetooth is much shorter, so that's not going to work for me now. But as but when I was in the apartment, I did use Bluetooth, and the Bluetooth range was uh, perfect for that two bedroom apartment. Wherever I was in that apartment, I think maybe there was a corner in the closet or the the bathroom that was right at the other end of the apartment where the Bluetooth signal couldn't be detected. Right. Um, And the way Bluetooth works is, so when you have your Wi-Fi, you connect to the network. For Bluetooth, if you have Bluetooth on your phone, uh, it will actually admit your MAC address for Bluetooth. So you don't necessarily even have to pair your phone to anything. So as I would walk in, my phone's Bluetooth would be on. It wouldn't connect to anything, but Home Assistant would scan every, I think I set it to 30 seconds for all Bluetooth devices that it could see. And, you know, within 30 seconds, I would get up to the third level where my apartment is, walk in through the door and Bob's your uncle, I'm home. Thank you very much. Right.
1: Okay. So, so that, that, that's interesting then. So there, there is a level of, uh, there is a level of, you know, for, for you, at least it makes sense, right? Like, because one of the things initially when I when I thought about doing Wi-Fi is I was like ah oh, what if I'm at the neighbor's house like just you know grabbing a beer or something like that with the neighbor yep yep do I want the house to think I'm home and and a is a do I want it to think I'm home B is that am I overthinking this <laughs> right like
0: well but that's also the same problem I had with uh GPS because I wanted to save battery I set up a zone for my home and then the zone got I had the zone as small as I possibly could, but I was close enough to the zone for home if I was out on the street, like I could be five blocks away at a, a cafe or something near my home, yeah. but the GPS signal would or, or put me in the home zone. So I'll be sitting out having a, a coffee somewhere and my home's, you know, playing music and thinking I'm home by myself because technically I was in that GPS zone. So, yeah, I think it doesn't matter what, not it's not necessarily related to Wi-Fi. It could be GPS as well that would have that same issue.
1: Yeah. Well, and and the question is also one of the things you got to remember is dealing with boundaries, right? Like, so mm. what if I'm right on the cusp of where, especially especially with Wi-Fi and such, and and it's the same case with GPS as well. Especially if you live in in a metropolitan area, like in my case example, I don't I don't live downtown Toronto, but when my office is in downtown Toronto and you know, even trying to navigate using ways or something, recalculates like 16 times because of all the reflection from all the tall buildings and such, mm. right? So, it, you know, and then how do you deal with, okay, you're home, you're not, you're home, you're not, like, let's say 10 times within a certain amount of time, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You can yeah be marked as a way, not home, all that very quickly.
1: Well, and and then that means, you know, maybe all your lights turn on and all your lights turn off and all your lights turn <laughs> on again, right? every you know whatever whatever interval five minutes or one minute or or what have you so so uh, you know it it might be a good idea to get a couple of different both near field and far field right so gps Mm -hmm. plus wi-fi plus maybe something else as well then
0: yeah so as i mentioned my wi-fi is connected through my router but if you don't if your brand of router isn't Uh, available there's a couple of other sensors that you can use to detect devices on your network one is nmap which will basically uh, send out packets across your network and find out which devices are connected yeah another one is the basic i I, I, it's basic to me but uh, because i've been doing it since i was a kid one of the first things you, you learn when you get into a command prompt is how to ping other devices and that's a great way if you know if you always know that your iphone or phone is going to have the same ip address on your local network you can just set up home assistant to ping it every minute or 30 seconds whatever you decide and once it gets a response to that ping home assistant will know that your device is connected to the network and your home so yeah there's some definitely some good options for wi-fi devices if you if yeah you want to go down that route, yeah the
1: the only the only thing I would caution with nmap and and I believe this is actually even written in the components page when I looked at it a while ago because I was like oh nmap that's kind of cool you got to be again you got to be careful about how often you're scanning that's right just because nmap nmap does so the, so the point of nmap if you've never used it before is normally it's it's a it can be used for security tracking to say like, "Hey, let's say I have all of these ports open and so on and so forth on on whatever device." Um, or it can be used to scan for again, same similar kind of use case, but to say, "Hey, all of these devices are up and running, right?" But what that means is, a, they need to keep their Wi-Fi on. The devices need their Wi-Fi to be on, and b is they it can use battery just depending on how fast you're scanning. So that's true, yeah. Um, just, just again, be be cognizant of that. Whereas I, I really like the router method because at this point it's either, hey, are you connected? Yeah, great. Okay, and I'm not pinging the phone. I'm not. I'm not even interacting with my phone. It's the phone interacting as it normally would with with my home's Wi-Fi and me pulling the router to see if my device is active. Similar to what you said about Google Maps, right? Where where we ping exactly, the cloud yeah. to say hey, is this, where is this device right now? Rather than pinging the device to say, hey, where are you right now? So it's the same kind of delineation. So personally, I'm not doing it myself, but I do really prefer the router method over nmap or ping.
0: I think the router is definitely the the best option to go for if you can.
1: Yeah, and and exactly. The the other thing is with ping. One and you kind of touched on it, Phil. Is you now need to have a static IP address and such on the phone. To me, that uh, I I hate doing this just because it it doesn't break a lot of things, but it can it can. Be a little bit annoying, right? So let's say let's say you are a mobile worker or a remote worker, whatever you want to call it, and let's say you work out of Starbucks or or a lot of different hotspot places, or maybe you're traveling often and you're going to the airport and hopping on the airport Wi-Fi. Well, guess what? Now every time you need to set it back to DHCP and then set it back to a static IP and so on and so forth. And and one of those, one of the security methods a lot of people use in uh, public Wi-Fi networks is to not allow static IP addresses. So it, meaning it has to be, uh, you you your device has to achi- uh, get a IP address mm. through the wireless, through, through the Wi-Fi, essentially, right?
0: I think the easiest way to get around that would be to assign uh, an IP address at the router level if your router supports that. So you can basically tell yeah. your router, okay, if this MAC address logs in, always give it this IP address.
1: Yeah. So and then and then, but you also have to make sure your your router does support that, right? In in maybe lower end routers and such, they may not support it. And sometimes with uh, with service provider provided routers, just because those routers are typically basic, they they may not uh, they may not support that either. So. Just again, just be just be careful. Ideally, if you get a router, uh, if you're looking in the market for a new router, have a look at the components page and maybe try and try and grab one of those that that they already support. Or or consider writing your own integration for it. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy video lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored. So you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
0: So one of the problems and it's a theme amongst all the presence detection devices is, you know, uh, the iOS versus Android. They all have different yeah. ways of communicating. <laughs> yeah. And Wi-Fi is no exception, and especially on iOS devices, in order to conserve battery, iOS devices will go into a sleep mode and they may mm-hmm. disconnect from your Wi-Fi network. They will reconnect uh, every now and then to go out and see if there's any push notifications or iMessages that have come through. But during that time, if Home Assistant detects or can't see your iPhone or Android phone detected on the Wi-Fi network, Home Assistant may mark you as not home anymore and turn off all the lights if you've set up those automations. One of the settings Home Assistant has introduced, and I believe it's available possibly across all device tracker, uh, presence detection uh, components, is the Consider Home setting. That allows you to say to Home Assistant, don't mark anyone away until they've been disconnected from the Wi Fi for more than ten minutes, for example. Right. So that way if your phone connects every five minutes to check for updates, it needs to wait ten minutes for you to be to no longer connect at all for you to be marked as not home. Yeah.
1: No, that that makes sense, right? Again, you're giving it some boundaries to avoid
0: kind of that the bounce between
1: off, on, off, on, whatever. Exactly. It
0: is. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then another thing, you if you want to get really, really crazy with Bluetooth, you can go down and start tracking uh, presence depending on what room you're in. There's a great little GitHub repository, uh, a great, great little app called Room Assistant, which sends your presence, well, basically what room you're in in your home, over uh, Mosquito slash MQTT. And Mm -hmm. then you can decide, okay, if uh, my phone is in the office, then turn on the office lights. Or if the phone moves into the bedroom, turn on the bedroom lights. It does require that you have either a Raspberry Pi or another computer running in each room that has Bluetooth enabled so you can see, uh, so those devices can scan for Bluetooth devices near them. So it can be a bit cumbersome to set up and get a bit expensive. if You've only got one Raspberry Pi, but there is though, you can go to that level if you want to. So
1: now by, by doing this, so like you said, you kind of get your, Hey, I'm in the office room, turn on the office lights or, or, you know, I'm in the kitchen, turn on the kitchen lights kind of thing. Do do you, do you find that you use that a lot?
0: So I actually, I didn't bother going down this because I thought "It, it requires you to have your phone all the time with you right yeah and once again when you get home like if your battery's you know flat you're not gonna you're gonna go put it on the charger that might be in the kitchen or in the bedroom and then you're gonna walk away so for me in room presence detection is all done through motion sensors i don't want to be having to carry a a beacon or a phone with me you know I, i may not have it on me. So I'd rather be able to just walk into a room and the lights come on based on a motion sensor in the room that's designed to detect that. Yeah. And, 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 or, or an actual physical, like an occupancy sensor
1: or something similar. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's interesting because in, in room automations are one of those things that I've kind of toyed with. And I was like, ah, do I, do I care that much about a specific room? Because, now, from a power saving perspective, it's well. I mean, LED is really efficient. Do I care if my all of my lights are on as opposed to a couple of my lights, right? or 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 something similar?
0: I really loved uh, Stargate growing up as a kid, and I always loved Stargate Atlantis when they would go through the Stargate, and all the lights would turn on as they moved around. And I sort of emulated <laughs> yeah. that with home assistant. So I have Z-Wave motion sensors all over the house. And I have one sitting on my desk here at the office. And as soon as I walk into a room, like the bedroom or the kitchen, the lights just turn on. I have a hallway in my house and I have two motion sensors at either end of the hallway. And depending on which motion motion sensor gets tripped first will determine the order of the lights that come on. So if the one closest to you gets tripped, it will turn the lights on and sort of follow you down the hallway slowly sort of to give you that nice little, the lights are following you. Yeah, like yeah, hell. yeah.
1: Oh, that's cool. That That's a whole other level of nerdy right there. But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it totally is, but it's one of my, uh, yeah, that's my, my go-to thing, right? And it's also nice that once the TV turns off and we go to sleep and eventually the motion sensors detect, okay, no one's in this room anymore, shut it or shut all the lights off and go to sleep. Like, yeah, I think if you're going to do presence detection, I think motion sensors... Um, and a combination of other things, which we can probably do in another episode would be best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is definitely, uh, and we kind of alluded to to this earlier, right? It's, it's one of those things where we kind of need a couple of things to kind of get really what we want, but then there's also a line of too much. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, Exactly.
1: So, so do you do you use any BLE devices as well? So you you mentioned Bluetooth for kind of the the room ish, and and Bluetooth and BLE a lot of times are used interchangeably, right? But uh, yeah, BLE being Bluetooth Low Energy.
0: A, a low energy device could be uh, anything from like an Apple Watch or even a smartwatch. I actually have um, a Moto three hundred and sixty uh, smartwatch mm-hmm. on my wrist, um, but I found that the le tracking one i don't think it's ever detected my my watch unless it's been in pairing mode so i haven't bothered with that and i the other option that you can use that bluetooth le tracking really comes to light is for those little smart tile trackers i think there's one called tile that you can buy yeah uh they basically are i think they've got a Maybe you can't, I don't even think you can replace the battery in them, but they're all, they're a sealed little unit. They're basically, I think they came out from a Kickstarter and they're designed. you yeah. put them on like your bike or your backpack and they just emit a low Bluetooth frequency. And then uh, based on that, you would have an app on your phone and that app would then detect, you know, okay, I can see this tile. Here's its unique ID. Um, I'll use the app to update its uh, location through the app. I think, uh, Bluetooth scanners can also pick up those tiles and other little presence detection things. I, yeah, once again, it's carrying something on me for presence detection. Maybe it would be cool to put it in like um, my briefcase or something like that. So that could be another form to, of home assistant to know, okay, the briefcase is at home. That means Phil might be home sort of thing. But so far, I I don't like the idea of having an app in my phone to have to do it. right
1: yeah it's it's so ble is also one of those uh one of those things where again you can use so so i actually use one similar to the tile called tracker right without the e so it's t-r-e-c-k-r so so tracker does work very similarly for for me again i picked this one over over the tile because a it was on sale so why not (laughs) uh and and uh, i think there was like a five pack on sale for like you know like. 80 bucks or something. So it was like 20 bucks each as opposed to uh, where where normally it's a lot, uh, I believe it is a lot more expensive and uh, you know, and and I can change the batteries and such, but, but same kind of concept, right? Where essentially my phone tracks the beacon from the, from the actual fob there from, from the tracker fob and updates uh, the tracker cloud service as to where it last saw my device. So, I have one in my backpack, like I have my laptop bag. I have one in my uh, all my keys. Uh, I have I actually have one in my car just because I was playing around with it. And I was like, okay, you know what, why not? You know, I have a couple of others lying around too. And and so essentially what that what that translates to for me is now this it it also gives me another point of that. Okay, you know what, are you home? Are you not home? uh, So on and so forth. I I found that it's kind of there. there are a couple of reliances on it. Like, Now I have two things that can go wrong rather than one. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Right. With the, with the phone, it's okay, great. My phone can go wrong or like my battery can die, whatever. With this, great. Now I got to A, change the batteries on this and B, I got to make sure that the, that connection between my phone and that exists. So which, which isn't, again, I, I'm making it out to be a bigger problem than it is, but it is, it is still something to consider, right. When you're, when you're looking at this. Um, but, but, you know, it, to me, it's another extra, extra point of thing. And the nice side effect that it has is if I can't find something, it'll, you know, like I know I left my keys in the house. Oh, where did I leave it? Is it on the dresser? Is it on, you know, on my key hook or in the office or something like that? Or, you know, did I accidentally put it in like the freezer or something? I've, I've never actually done that, but you know, it, it happens. <laughs> and, and you can basically, you know, uh, if it is somewhere close to you, you can trigger it to make like a. A sound, right, or a chime, and oh, uh, nice! And that way you can help find it, and vice versa. The, it also has phone tracking, and I and I actually have it mixed in with my Echo, so I can say, "Hey Echo, uh, where's my phone?" or something like that. And basically, it'll go log into tracker, and then it'll send a chime on my phone.
0: So, does that work with iPhone?
1: It does. Yeah, um, I have. Okay. Again, I don't have an Android device, so I haven't tried it with the Android, uh, or I don't have an mm-hmm. Android phone. Uh, I haven't tried it with the Android, so. But but outside of that, I mean, it works decent. I had a couple of couple of problems with it. I actually, had a problem. Uh, I, well, I have a problem right now with it, where again, it kind of lost connectivity between the app and the device. So I just need to kind of repair them. But you know, as long as long as you realize that, that's that's it's fine. Not a not a huge huge issue.
0: Can those track devices work without your phone? Like, does your phone? Because what happens if you don't open the tracker app? Does that mean that? you won't have an update of where those devices are in the world? Yeah. So,
1: so let's say, so let's say I go on vacation. So I'm, I'm, I live in Toronto right now and let's say I came to visit you and I left my keys at at your place in Australia. So, Mm -hmm. you know what? Well, fine. Now, how do I deal with this? So if anybody else has the tracker app uh, installed or anything the app will actually say hey you know what buddy walked by phil's place and caught the beacon so this is where it was last seen um so if you if you set it to and and, I, and i've actually noticed a while ago in the app where i walked by somebody something i don't i don't even know what or where or, or anything like that i walked by somebody's something i guess it helped them find it just right. by virtue of me walking near that area again it's near phil's communication right so oh, you know what, maybe, maybe they dropped, uh, maybe somebody has one in their wallet, and they dropped their wallet somewhere. And, you know, in the bushes or something, for whatever reason, and uh, I walked by it, and it caught it. And it's like, then they can go, oh, okay, it's in this area. Great. It was last seen 10 minutes ago. Okay, let me let me run there quick and go find it. So so that's, it's there. I I mean, I don't know if I really answered it from the answer the question from the context you were asking it in the sense of, you know, it it is still BLE, so I, I haven't played with this. But in theory, it should still be able to be picked up by something like Room Assistant or Happy Bubbles or something mm. like that to say, uh, uh, where, where am I, like, in the house as well to say, oh, you know what, I saw this last in this room.
0: Do you find running the app would consume some of your battery? Because that seems a bit intensive to constantly detecting, you know, Bluetooth devices nearby and then saying, hey... I know that uh, MAC address. I'm going to post that up to the server, all without you doing anything in the background.
1: Yeah, so it's not terrible, to be honest, and and similar to the smart things app, I haven't really noticed it. So yeah, it does. Obviously, everything does take a battery, but I haven't noticed it, uh, and it's not even in like the top ten list or whatever in the battery battery uh, app in on iPhone. So it's you know what to me that's that's good enough. Yeah, it's not a huge. So so one of the things is Bluetooth isn't terribly, terribly taxing on the battery. It is, but it's not, um, uh, it could be, it could be way worse. Um, and, and I think yeah. modern phones are kind of tailored to cater to that as well. Right. And from a BLE perspective, BLE is typically more passive where I'm just listening once every whatever seconds or something like that to say, Hey, are you here? Am I here? Am I here? Am I here? Am I here? Right. And, uh, once once you get that, then
0: it, yeah, it's it's not it's not too too bad. Okay, that's cool. You mentioned before that you have Zigbee trackers as well. What what, what do you use for that?
1: Yeah, so as part of the my initial buy uh, of of smart things, I actually bought some door sensors and such. And but I also it also came with a presence sensor, and that presence sensor is it's, it's one of the smart things branded presence sensors, or I guess now it's Samsung branded. They call it an, arri- an arrival sensor. It's, you know what, it. out of all of the presence detection methods I have, that's probably my favorite, as, as weird as it sounds. So one of the things that, uh, so how it works is basically, so I actually have that one in my car as well, in my, in my console. And, you know, it, it passively, you know, when I come in the house, it connects to the Zigbee network and says, hey, Rohan's home. Or, well, Rohan's car is home, which assumably... I'm driving, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> if, not, if not, I might need to call somebody. Uh, and, and then based on that, it'll trigger my automations and such. And then, so that's actually my primary uh, primary uh, method of saying, hey, am I home or not? And right now, so it, it's, it's actually a little bit sad. So I was replacing the battery the other day and uh, the little tab that holds the battery in actually snapped. And
0: oh, so now I'm trying to worst. figure out like,
1: Oh I know, I know. And it, it's it's you know, it's a simple like CR twenty thirty-two, like a little watch cell battery, right? Yeah. That that they use. Um and I'm like, oh man, like it 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 sucks because I actually really like this device. And you know, so I'm kind of like, uh, do I get ghetto and do I just tape it down? Or or you know, what do <laughs> I what do I do? Um so so <laughs> I'm still I'm still Like, like, or do I just buy a new one, right? But, but unfortunately, they're not they're not super cheap. I think uh, when I looked at it, so I I have an older version, but it's like sixty bucks. Oh, really? uh, Um, uh, 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 sixty Canadian dollars. I mean, in in U.S. dollars, it might be it might be you know cheaper, but at least to buy it here, um, from what I've seen on Amazon and and a couple of other sites, it's 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 in in around fifty to sixty bucks. So it's like, oh, it, that's kind of expensive for just having, mm. hey, are you home or are you not home? And and again, it doesn't do any geolocation. It doesn't do any of that stuff. It doesn't sync with the phone, which which is actually why I really like it. Because, I mean, I have a, I have a charger in my car, but that charger also assumes that I remember to plug my phone in the car. Yeah, exactly. And or that, you know, my phone doesn't die two minutes before I get home or, or something like that, right? So you know, so I, I do like having that as a, oh, uh, well, I was about to say a secondary, but it it's really my primary method of, am I home or not? Now I'm not, I'm not doing any of the, like uh, any room level stuff. Most of my automations are actually pretty simple and, and, you know, Hey, Rohan's home. Great. Turn on the lights. Rohan's not home. Okay. Don't turn on certain lights. Right. And, and based on that, it's, to me it, it 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 works really really well and and the thing is as long as my MQTT broker is up which it almost always is I'm it's it's a rock solid method to say to to de- to detect my presence right yeah. uh, again the only reliance being the battery the battery is not too bad it lasts uh several months so it's okay you know, that's maybe, pretty decent maybe twice a year i change it
0: yeah especially for just a watch battery as well
1: yeah so exactly right i mean they are really they are really passive it's not mm. doing a ton of stuff so it should be it should be pretty you know straightforward in terms of hey i'm home connect okay i'm not disconnect and physically
0: and- how big is the device is it something that you could just tuck away in a pocket or in your briefcase or in a backpack
1: yeah so so the one i have is uh I feel like I haven't seen the newer ones physically, but just seeing the picture on, on Amazon and such, it, it looks a touch bigger, but it's, it's a little bigger than a coin. Okay. It's, it's, it's not, it's not too, too large. It, it's, it's definitely something you could, you could put in your pocket. It, it actually did come with a, uh, like a Silicon ring that you can put, or like a rubber ring that you can kind of add it to your, uh, key ring and keep it with your keys, things like that. the 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 tracker to be honest has a much thinner profile this is probably thickness wise it's probably two or three coins thick but you know what it it for its size it works really well um i like i said i have it in my car i just stick it on my console and leave it there until the battery dies and then i pull it out change the battery and put it back in and off i go right so
0: that's awesome
1: yeah it, it works amazing yeah, it's it, it's weird that it, it it's sometimes it's just the simplicity of the things. Like I just want crap to work, right? I don't want to have to think about: Am I on Wi-Fi? Am I not on Wi-Fi? Is my Bluetooth on? Is my Bluetooth off? Etc. Just just work. It does one thing and it does it well. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I, as far as as far as you know, things being very reliable, that to me that is probably the most reliable one I've had, as long as I change the batteries
0: how strong is the signal do you think it would it's does it if it sits in your console I assume it's strong enough to penetrate through the car windshield and all that because your car's a big metal object I assume it could get through that no problem
1: yeah yeah it's um so the car obviously is, is outside the house uh in the garage for me it it penetrates that fine and uh and again gets through the house as well now I don't I don't live in a house that's old enough to be you know built with proper concrete and this and that it's it's more you know framing that uh, that they use here and especially in north america most most houses are most recent houses in the last like i don't know 30 40 years are, are mostly wood based you know for me that that's no problem at all even when it's out in the driveway it connects and and yeah it penetrates to the car to the house and and no worries and that that was actually one of my big concerns as well. well, there's a giant motor you know that, that might emit yeah um r f interference and then there's glass, there's metal uh even in the house there's glass you know
0: how uh, will it work? I've had no problems that's awesome well i assume it's only uh works with smart things at the moment though
1: um yeah, I mean, in theory, it's Zigbee, so it should work with everything. I have it connected to my SmartThings. Eventually, I do plan to move off of SmartThings, so when when I do, I will let you know uh, to see if it works. Okay. So one of the things I do want to try is moving all my Zigbee and Z-Wave stuff to a Raspberry Pi and and do that. So, but there, there's no reason it shouldn't work. Again, Zigbee is an open protocol,
0: so yeah, I'm sure someone can reverse engineer it. So that would be good if they can.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and 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 again, the logic. Is similar to kind of what you said about the router Wi-Fi uh, method, right? Is it is it connected? Yes, is it connected? No,
0: so yep. there, there's there's no reason that it shouldn't work. So there's some cool techniques for presence detection, and they're all basically like a physical device, either your phone or you know the the, the Zigbee presence detection from SmartThings. So that's pretty cool. Some there's some other uh, mm-hmm. presence detection that you can use in home systems as well. Actually, I think. Uh, when I last checked, there was 47 presence detection devices alone in Home <laughs> Assistant. So yeah. th- there's plenty of options. One that I recently started using because of I had guests coming over and I needed a way for my uh, automations to kick in to think that someone was home uh, without me being there with my phone, I actually decided to use an MQTT alarm panel. And it was actually really good timing. Uh, Lovelace just came out and I was able to uh, use the Lovelace custom card for the alarm panel uh, with a Fire HD tablet on one of the walls in the kitchen. So if someone comes home uh, and my wife or my phones aren't on the network, maybe our batteries are flat or, as I mentioned, a guest has come over, they can actually go into the kitchen and the tablet will display an alarm panel. And they can enter a code. And when that alarm panel gets disarmed, the it'll tell home assistant that, hey, someone is home. Mm-hmm. And then the automations can then kick in and say, okay, assume someone's home, away we go. Uh, that's a great way I found to do presence as well. It, it doesn't require phone batteries to be charged. You can give the code out to whoever you need it to be given to. You can even assign temporary codes to someone else and yeah and it doesn't have to be a a tablet on a wall i think there's a few actually a few alarm control panels that integrate with home assistant already so if you're looking for something else to detect presence actually i believe jared who was a guest in one of our recent episodes does something similar with a physical alarm panel for their presence detection so that is a great idea if you need it as well
1: yeah, so it's it's really cool because now one of the things you can start doing is you can actually have a failsafe, right? And it sounds exactly. like kind of that's what you've done.
0: Yes, that well, that is the 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 total reasoning behind it. I need uh, a failsafe in case, for whatever reason, the you know the Bluetooth chip could be not scanning devices, or you know, or literally, what's more common is our phone batteries have run out, and you know we we don't want to open the door on the alarm goes off because our phones are, are not charged
1: yeah and and actually it's funny because it's as unlikely as it is naturally it has happened to me where my my uh Zigby dongle's batteries died my tracker's batteries died and i came home like like i I, had, I was i was out of town that week and then uh i came home and just you know, my, my phone was, I think I left it on airplane mode accidentally or something like that.
0: Uh, of course. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I come in and I'm like, um, where are my lights? <laughs> right. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, I had to, you know, Hey, tell my echo, say, turn on the lights and such. Right. So, but, uh, uh but that's it though. Right. And, and that's a great, Great fail safe method, especially if you're doing it for security. Um, and like you said, you don't want an alarm to just start going off at three in the morning when you come home one night after the pub or something and exactly waking up your neighborhood. One of the other interesting uh, methods, too, and, and we talked about this in one of the very first episodes is is trip wires if you're not familiar essentially that that's having you know let's say two beams or something like that that you break when you walk across to say hey i'm here or i'm not uh, so if beam 1 is broken and then beam 2 is broken then okay great i walked into the room and then if it's two and the one great i walked outside of the room
0: yeah so there's no i don't think there's a, an official integration with this for home assistant so it is something you would have to code yourself it's i wouldn't necessarily say it's a a beginner level thing but i believe a lot of retail stores use this to detect how many people are in their stores or coming how many shoppers have come for a day
1: yeah so they use it for how many shops uh, how many people have come in a day for the shop or or a lot of times even for fire code like a building can only have let's say 200 people in it or 500 Mm. people in it so that way they can actually retain a count of who is actively in the building just by adding it at all their entrance and then summing it up. Right. Yeah. One of the, one of the other interesting things, and we were kind of chatting about this is the, is the Zandem system. And, and if you're not familiar
0: with it, basically it almost does like the virtual tripwire using RF. Yeah. This was a Kickstarter. It was really cool when it, like when it first came out as a Kickstarter, I'm like, there's no way this is going to take off. This is going to be one of those kickstarters that fails. It's not going to work. Like you're, you're how does how it just seemed too far fetched of this technology, but sure enough they've actually uh, started shipping units and yeah, basically it uses the water or the moisture in your body and when you make a movement, the it disrupts the RF signals in and around the home and it will then put it on a map where you are in where that movement was in the home
1: that's which is which is very cool so so it's interesting because you're using a different characteristic of rf so if you're not familiar with how uh, rf or radio frequencies work is basically any small thing can affect affect rf that's why one day your wireless might be great at home and the next day you know if it's if it's a little humid or something like that then you know based on all that stuff it can you can get degraded quality or, or better quality sometimes, right? Sometimes it carries it further. So, so it's interesting because now they're starting to use a lot of these technologies to say, hey, how are people moving through a space?
0: That's right. Yeah. Although I think the Xandam one does require you to be moving for it to detect. So if you're sitting on the couch watching TV, it's not going to know you're in the room because you're not making much movement.
1: Right. 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 Well, it's it's, it's, it is, it's essentially that same virtual tripwire, right?
0: Um, mm, exactly.
1: Where, you know, if, if you don't break the tripwire, then you're not tripping anything.
0: <laughs> and there's also other components you can use as well. So there's a uh, one of the air conditioning control units called have They use the app on your phone to detect where you are. And the home assistant can actually use the Tardo API uh, to determine if your mobile phone is at home or not. And if you are, it will just mark you as home in Home Assistant. So if you're using that component, there's, or if you have that device, there's an option for you as well. Yeah. And and, and I think a lot
1: of other apps also start, are starting to have this functionality. Like uh, my, my dad got the August Smart Lock and, you know, mm. again, it does the same kind of thing. Hey, great. You just came home. Let me open that. Now, I'm not sure if August does it using GPS or using, um, you know, Wi-Fi or anything else like that, but or even BLE, but, uh, but again, there's more, there's more apps kind of using that to say, are you here? Are you not? So uh, something to look at as well. I'm not sure how many of those are actually connected into the components page. um, But, you know, it's, it's definitely, definitely something to, uh, something to look at. So the tattoo is, you know, it shouldn't, it should, as long as they have an API, it shouldn't be too difficult to pull that information from. But one of the other cool things you can, you can do as well is, is, cars especially as we start getting more and more connected vehicles
0: yeah i think it would be really cool if i don't think this is possible yet but google auto and apple carplay if they could expose apis because they're going into like the lower end cars now so i think uh, if you've got a bmw or a tesla there's components for home assistant because they're obviously already connected and all that but with the new like the, the lower end cars just basically outsourcing their head units to Apple and Google. Hopefully, they'll take the lead and you know maybe expose some APIs in the future for us.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, well, knowing, knowing Apple, they probably won't. But pro- <laughs> probably a better chance of that coming through coming through Google, right? Yeah, but but yes. no, uh, but that that's absolutely it, though, right? And 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 that your vehicle can now be another sensor. So, hey, is my Tesla home? Yeah, great. No, okay. Based on that, then. You know, I'm pulling it out. So instead of, it's, it's neat because it's another metric where instead of using your cell phone, you're now using your card that's still connected to, uh, you know, a mobile network somehow, right? With, with some kind yeah. of
0: backhaul there. There's also other types of sensors from my sensors. So these are little uh, do-it-yourself sensors that you can create. I believe they have GPS chips that you can use. Uh, so once again, you can probably put them over Uh, through their MySenses API, find out where you are in the world and maybe make your own little tracker to put in your backpack or something like that.
1: Yeah, and and, and, I mean, same kind of deal, right? The other, this one's a little bit different, where using cameras to detect presence, We've talked about open ALPR before, which is automatic license plate recognition. Um, so it's it's similar to technologies that, you know, say, like, for example, uh, I believe a lot of police cars and stuff do this now. I don't, I don't know if they're using the open ALPR uh, engine or not, but basically, as a lot of police cars drive, they can passively scan license plates and see, hey, is this vehicle stolen or is it not? So on and so forth. But essentially, you can use that same thing to say, hey, I have a camera in the garage. And here's a picture of uh, of my car in the garage. Read the license plate, and based on that, hey, does it match my license plate number? Yeah, great. That means I'm home. Yeah, that's a really great one. yeah, it, it's a really cool. Um, and then, and then the other thing is again, face detection, which again, you know privacy privacy folks may or may not have a problem with, but there's there's different uh, Microsoft face identity, um, Facebook,
0: so on and so forth. Um, ha-
1: have you have you played with any of these fell by any chance?
0: Mm, sort of a bit up in the air about whether or not I put cameras in the home. You know, like
1: yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm I'm exactly that way too, right? And I'm okay with cameras outside the house. Inside the house, yeah, it's like, ah,
0: yeah, I, I I'm just unsure at this at this stage. I don't have cameras yet. I have motion sensors, so. Uh, I can see where the motion is, but I can't see what's... So if I'm away, I can't actually see what's actually going on in the home. Yeah, Yeah. I think... I'm also a bit skeptical on, one, how accurate the face detection would be. I know um, Face ID and all that from Apple now, but still, if... I know Facebox is local, how slow is it going to be and all that? I just... I'm unsure on the reliability of it, and I don't necessarily think it's there yet I'm yeah maybe I'm just being old and grumpy and don't want to check out this new technology and see how fast it's come but, <laughs> you know I, yeah face detection to me it's I'm not sure if it has a, a place in home automation just yet
1: yeah I'm I, I think I think I'm actually with you on that one a it it's to me it almost crosses that that line of of boundaries uh, in yeah. terms of privacy and that kind of stuff. And it's just, uh, you know, you know what? I, I do think down the road as this becomes more normal, it'll be like, oh, okay, whatever. So face, face detection, why are you, why are you being paranoid? Right. And, uh, yeah, right. but, but until that happens, I think, I think I am still a little bit paranoid and just uh, like, you know what? I would still rather use something like motion or something like that over, yeah over face detection. Now, I mean, that's not to say that motion is the most accurate thing and, you know, face detection might be more accurate if it looks for two eyes and a mouth or something like that, as opposed to a fly flying around or a bee flying around or, you know, something, or if you have like a cat or something like that, right? Like, so, so again, there's pros and cons to to both. I, I, yeah, I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure if, if face detection is there yet though, to, to your point.
0: So we've covered a few different ways of detecting presence. And now with all, so you've got a whole bunch of ways to detect if you're home or not, but when you add those to Home Assistant, you're going to get a bunch of device trackers, they're called in Home Assistant, yeah. and you want to group them together and, and make sure, you know, maybe put some advanced rules in place. So, Home Assistant has a couple of interesting ways you can do this. Let's assume you have your phone connected to the Wi-Fi and maybe you've got your nice Tesla Model X that I'm very jealous of sitting in, the, in your garage using groups, uh, you could combine those two trackers together. So you could have your Tesla and your phone as part of a home assistant group. And then you could do your automations based on that group. So for example, you could have group.fill when either the Tesla or your phone is connected. One of those devices just being marked as home will actually mark that entire group as home. So therefore, if your phone battery has run out, and your tesla is home the group will be marked as home so the presence detection will kick off so this is a great way to sort of uh mitigate some of the the risks that are or the the cons that some of their presence detections have for example if your wi-fi drops out after 10 minutes you know and but but it can see your bluetooth then you can sort of you know leverage that and get sort of a balancing act so
1: so is it a or or is it an and so like is it my you know The the Tesla and uh, the phone are active or the
0: Tesla or the phone is active? It is all. So as long as one device is marked as home, then the group will be marked as home. Okay. Which then gets... So what happens if your Tesla's at home, but your phone's away? Does that mean you're at home? Like maybe you've just gone for... Maybe you've taken public transport to work that day. Yeah. So that's where the, the Bayesian sensor comes in. If you love maths, then you'll love the Bayesian sensor. <laughs> it's uh, It deals with probabilities. And so the, the way it works is you take uh, multiple values from sensors. So in the example, the Tesla, the Wi-Fi, you may use one of those uh, Bluetooth uh, tiles in a, a bag or something. And then you can tell Home Assistant the probability of how likely it is you are home based on the values of the sensors so if your tesla is home but your phone and the tile aren't home it's probably more probable that your you yourself are not home even though the tesla is at home so then you can build in those rules so the bayesian sensor can work out you know is this person likely to be home yes or no as opposed to just if one device is home assume the person's home
1: yeah so so this is you use this uh today do you not
0: Yeah, so I don't use it for presence yet. I'm still experimenting with it. I've actually set it up as a little monitor to see if there are people in the house. So what I have is I have a few motion sensors added to a Bayesian sensor, and I have the probability rules that as long as two motion sensors are detected, then the house is going to assume that there is a person physically in the house.
1: Hmm, Okay.
0: So that's designed, and I'm going to feed that into a security system so that if no device trackers are home, but there's motion in the house, then someone's either broken a window and they just haven't opened a door to get in and, you know, raise the alarm. And eventually I want to extend the Bayesian sensor so that, you know, if my device tracker is home, then it's 100% I'm i am probably home. But also other rules, like if I've been home for maybe an extended period of time, maybe I've left my phone at home accidentally. Or, you know, if uh, a GPS signal from my phone or uh, like my phone logs into the Wi-Fi at my work, then maybe it'll send like an MQTT signal to say I'm at work. And then the Bayesian sensor will work out the probability that, "Mm, yeah, he's at work because his phone's at work, but his car's still at home. So he's not home anymore sort of thing.
1: Mm, Okay
0: yeah lots of you can get very uh confusing and and lots of different things you can do with a bayesian sensor so uh, make sure you've got a good way to map out what you want to achieve and 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 be prepared for a lot of hair pulling
1: yeah and and it sounds like that's uh' <laughs> that's one of those things where it's like uh how how deep do I want to get into this right
0: <laughs> well that's that's it all right and once you start with home automation it's basically you know yeah you're you're already yeah it's (laughs)
1: yeah so okay so that's that's interesting um and then and then how about like okay so we we keep talking about am i home or am i not home right what else yeah how can i how can i go further than this like in, in the sense of hey you know what um i've been home for a while or hey i just got home or hey i'm just out or i've been out for a while or
0: yeah, so I, uh, and it's been mentioned a couple of times, a couple of a few of our guests on the podcast are using this. On my blog, I have a post called Making Home Assistance Presence Detection Not So Binary. And I use the home assistant, the basically not home or home. And then I do some uh, logic based on how many minutes the device has been home or not home. And I basically created a little series, a, a workflow, the logic of when someone gets home. So for example... Uh, If I'm away from, I'm marked as away in Home Assistant, when I first get home and my device tracker changes or my group changes to home, in the first five minutes, I will be set to just arrived. And that allows the home to know, okay, Phil's just got home. Let's start doing some things as if he just got home for the first time. So let's turn on the lights here or start playing some music. Then after five minutes, I go into just the normal home state. And that's where it stays. Then once I leave, my device changes from home to just left. And this allows the home to do things like turning off maybe the secondary lights, you know, like all the accent lights and turning off anything that's not not critical. Mm -hmm. Then after that five minutes, I'll be marked as away. And then Home Assistant can turn off everything, like all the lights completely shut down the home. And there was actually a reason, the original reason why I did this was because I was finding that when I was sitting at my desk in the office in my uh, in my previous apartment that there was just a certain black spot for my bluetooth so my phone would be marked as as going away from home and then as soon as I would I would detect because my I'd be working away on my computer and the PC monitor would just turn off and I'd be like ah oh. I you know right. wake up my phone and it would connect to home resistance and then everything would kick off again so the music yeah, would start okay. playing, the lights would all come on, and it, it was as if I had just walked home. So I, I wanted some rules so that if I was marked as, you know, just leaving home, but I then all of a sudden came back straight away, I don't want it to start kicking off everything from as if I'm coming home for the first time. So I've put some rules in so that, you know, it won't kick off as if I've just come home. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, if I'm away for more than 24 hours, uh, it will assume that I'm on vacation and will set the house down, like it'll just, maybe it'll activate vacation mode where lights will start turning off and on to simulate someone's home. Um, and then when I get home, it will then message, say, okay, you've been away for a while. Maybe I'll send you an email with a, a breakdown of what device batteries the levels are at and what you need to take attention of while you've been away. Hmm. So that's up on my blog. I'll leave a link in the show note. It's doesn't require anything extra in Home Assistant. It's all YAML. You can just drop the automations into your Home Assistant and put the input selects in there as well. And yeah, away you go. That's awesome. All right. Well, I mean, I think we've covered quite a bit. <laughs> I think, yeah, presence detection is not a topic to be taken lightly. I don't think we've Taking it lightly today. No,
1: exactly, and and I think this might actually be one of our one of our longest episodes yet. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's some really good conversation, and you know, so what uh, as as kind of takeaways, what Phil and I will do as well is we'll uh, we're going to both post blog posts on our blogs, kind of talk about uh, our our personal experiences with it as well.
0: Yeah, so we'll leave links on how we're using home assistant device trackers and what we found good, what we found bad. And there'll be some code up there if you want to copy and paste as well. So they'll be in the show notes, which are on haspodcast.io.
1: So if you have an idea for any future episodes, whether it's for the spotlight episodes or even for our normal uh, home assistant podcast episodes, and you want to share your home automation story with us, shoot us an email feedback at haspodcast.io. Or ping us in the uh, podcast channel on the uh, Home Assistant Discord. And thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Cheers.